Let's look ahead to Thursday in the NBA. There are seven games on, a little bit busier than normal. We're going to look at injuries. We're going to look at streams of the day. We're going to look at all the games. What's on my radar? It's all coming up. Michael Bolton. Michael? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I'm about to quit this job and become Taj Gibson's publicist slash manager slash agent. It's the best paying job in the world. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble, and on Instagram at locked on fantasy basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Thank you also for making locked on fantasy basketball your first listen every day. We are free. And we are available on all platforms. We hit 70K subscribers. Thank you very much for doing that. Always want to keep building on it. So if you haven't, hit the subscribe button. Do that. Let's hit 80K, 100K next. Um, But thank you again for getting us to 70K on the subscribe list. We're here to talk about the games on Thursday, as I said. So we're looking ahead to everything that we need to look ahead to. And we'll start by doing a bit of an injury update. Evan Mobley is out again. This is not great news, obviously. Um, Yeah, look, it's... Three games in a row now, ruled out a day in advance with this knee soreness, which is a nebulous term. What's it going on? We don't know. We'd love to get some more in-depth reporting on this, um, but it's frustrating. Clearly, with him out, it doesn't really do much in terms of ads. We're not adding Dean Wade or George Niang. It doesn't really seem to boost Decoro or Levert enough to matter. It helps Jared Allen, but he's already rostered. It's just troubling if you've got Evan Mobley. I'm also expecting that Evan, not Evan Mobley, that Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero are going to be out again. The Heat have a Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back. It doesn't seem like they're going to be available. Um, Josh Green is going to be out. I'm expecting that Kyrie Irving is out. We haven't heard confirmation of that, but I do think Kyrie will be out. Ben Simmons is going to be out in Brooklyn, as is Lonnie Walker the fourth. Um, Jalen Brown has popped up as injured, uh, questionable with an ankle issue. Alex Caruso is once again questionable. If Crusoe plays, you can consider him an ad, but who who knows? Honestly, who bloody knows? Haywood Highsmith and Josh Richardson are both out of Wednesday's game. So I'm going to label them questionable at this point to play on Thursday. Richardson's dealing with an illness. Highsmith with a back problem that's cost him a few games in a row. We don't have an update yet on Derek Jones Jr. Um, he missed the last... He got that thigh contusion Monday, missed Tuesday. There's a chance that he returns. If he does play, he would be an interesting ad. But if he misses this one, I'd be okay moving on because of the way that Exum and Hardaway and Grant Williams are all back now, and that does lessen some of Jones's appeal. Um, Seth Curry also left last game. We have an update on him. He's questionable. His absence will give a little bit more to Jaden Hardy for deeper leagues. Anthony Edwards is officially questionable with that hip issue. He's missed the last couple, and I believe he practiced, so that's a positive sign for him getting back to play. Dennis Smith Jr. is out today for the Nets. If he returns, which I don't think he will, but if he does, he'd be worth a stream. Um, KCP for the Nuggets, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, he left the last game with that head issue, um, and Jamal Murray didn't play in the last game. 
Uh, of course, Jokic got ejected. He'll be fine and he'll be ready to go. But the guard absences could open stuff up for Reggie Jackson. And then second priority would be Julian Strouder, um, who really did thrive once KCP, Murray, and Jokic were out in that second half. But we don't have updates there. DeAndre Ayton um, looks like he's going to be close to playing, if not ready to go. And the same goes with um, Malcolm Brogo Brogdon. They're both questionable. Jeremy Grant is also questionable, but it didn't sound like he was going to play. He is questionable, but he only went through parts of practice. He hasn't officially cleared the concussion protocol. So I would say that Grant is probably leaning more towards doubtful, whereas Brogdon and Ayton did practice. Um, so that's more positive for their return. That, of course, complicates things. What do they? Do? What happens with Kamara and Thibault? If it's only Grant that's out, I imagine that Kamara is at the four, but do they go back to Brogdon starting? Is it Brogdon, Sharp, Simons, Kamara, and Thibault on the bench? I don't know. There's a lot of complicating factors there. John Collins is out for Wednesday's game, but this is a back-to-back for the Jazz, so I'm going to leave him questionable for this one. Um, Paul George left last game with a groin problem. They said it's no problem, but I'm going to leave him as questionable at this stage, and I don't know why I've got Jamal Murray there twice, but he's only injured once. I can assure you he's. that's not a, uh, it's not a two-time injury thing. So uh, yeah, that's where we're at with that. It is time for us to go under the lens, and we are going to Brooklyn. And we're talking about Cam Thomas. Because you know the way that we run the Under the Lens segment is we look at the players who have had the biggest rise or biggest fall over the last week to see what's actually going on. And you'd be not shocked to know that one of the biggest fallers has been Cam Thomas. His production has been pretty poor over the last week. In fact, he's 256th in minus one rankings over the last week and 194th in fantasy points, averaging just under 18 fantasy points. There is some consternation around the Nets and whether he's actually worth starting, whether that is a long-term thing or not. Do they prioritize his development or do they look to get extra wins this season? Um... I don't think he's going to stay starting, honestly, long-term. If Simmons returns, I can see him moving to the bench. I could actually see them actually making a switch and putting Finney Smith in there, to be honest. Because when things are going well for Thomas, it's all well and good for him, the team, borderline. And then when it goes bad, it's bad for everybody. That's a problem. Over the last week, he's hitting 35% of his twos. Obviously, unacceptable amount. He's never been an elite three-point shooter. He's not an elite foul drawer. He relies upon heavily contested dribble, 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 step back twos. And they're not going in. And he doesn't do anything else. Over the last week, he has combined per game rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks, 4.3 combined. That's unacceptable. From a fantasy point of view, that is where your only category is points with some threes. That's all you're bringing. You are giving nothing else. 4.3 is a laughable amount. Shea is almost at... He's at, Shea's at 2.8 steals alone. And obviously, Shea and Cam Thomas are different players. But this is the problem when things don't go in. And the other problem with Thomas is he is in the 98th percentile in players in terms of mid-range shots per game, mid-range attempts per game, at over 10 per game for the season. And we know that mid-range shots are some of the most inefficient in the NBA. You have to be extraordinarily efficient at them to be taking as many as he is. And he is middle of the pack. 51st percentile in mid-range shot attempts. Not attempts, uh, mid-range makes, percentage. And that's where the problem lies. When you're taking all of your shots from the mid-range and you're only in the middle of the pack league-wide, your overall efficiency and impact on the team struggles and 
he's in the first percentile in defensive EPM and struggles in that. And that's why I really do worry that there is going to be a significant reduction in some of his playing time and role, even though it's hard for it to get worse than now. I don't think he's a drop just yet, but I do think that that's going to come. Yeah, I, I'm pretty confident that... I'm not pretty confident. I, I do think there is a chance he is going to become droppable um, within the next two to three weeks, would be my guess. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the hot offers on Fangel for the NFL, well, they're there. They warm you up. They're toasty. They're vibrant. They give you so much. And one of the best ones at the moment is that new customers can get $150 in bonus bets just by placing or win- and winning a $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use and there's a wide range of betting options available. Spreads, player props, over-unders, totals, all of that stuff, parlays. You can do it all over on FanDuel for all the different sports, including the NBA. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and get ready to get into the NBA season. FanDuel's also an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, that will bring us in now to look at the next bunch of things. And in terms of back-to-backs, there is only one team that's got the Thursday-Friday back-to-back, and that's the Celtics. Remembering that Al Horford probably sits one of those games, I'd expect Friday, but there is an off chance that he sits Thursday. Probably going to be Friday, though. I don't think there's going to be an issue with Porzingis, but that could happen as well. And that opens up some stuff, but the Celtics are one of the worst streaming teams in the NBA. It's going to be Sam Hauser, maybe Pritchard, And then maybe you get a bit of Cornette in there who gets a boost if Horford sits. Or more to be precise, when Horford sits. So who are the streams of the day for Thursday? At 10 team as we're going with Dante Exum. Remember, let's cascade it down. 10 teams is Dante Exum. I've got Caleb Martin as a 12-team league guy. For a 14-team, I am going with Orlando Robinson, even though Kevin Love has been eating his lunch a little bit. I still think he's worth at least a 14-team stream. And for 16 teams, I'm going Brandon Pajemski because he's still under 10% rostered. I think that should be much much higher. I added him in a league that is um, a 12-teamer, but depth of a 14-team league. I added him in that one, so that's sort of where I think he should be gone. But in 16 teams, I do really like Pajemski here as a stream. For points leagues, Yahoo and ESPN, we're looking at Dante Exum as probably the best option there. Of course, Exum's not going to shoot as well as he did against the Lakers, but he's got an ability to rebound, get steals, get assists, and have a pretty sizable role with the guys that are currently out. Of course, if Kyrie makes a miraculous recovery, then we're definitely not looking at Dante Exum as that guy. First game we're going to take a look at across the seven games is the Cavs and the Celtics. We know that Evan Mobley is out. I want to see what's going on with Karis LeVert because at the start of the season, he was rolling. Even when players were healthy, he was playing 29-30 a night and looked good. Over the last two weeks, he has not looked good. He came back from the knee soreness last game, didn't play that much and didn't do very much at all. Is that what it is? Is the knee thing that bothered him and that caused all the production to fall away and that will he'll get healthy and he'll get better? I don't know, but we need to watch that. For the Celtics, Derek White was on the buy low, sell high show the other day. He's been dominating with big efficiency numbers, big defensive numbers, well above career norms and just looking awesome. Does that continue? I think some of the stuff will, but some of it won't. So we watch it. In terms of streams, Levert is probably the guy in the Cavs who's been dropped in enough spots. And Sam Hauser is likely the guy. Look, if Al Horford's available, is a good stream, but he's at 55% rostered. So for most of you guys, Horf won't be an option for you. The Bulls in the Heat, it is a back-to-back here for Miami's second game. For the Bulls, I, I want to see what Patrick Williams can do. Um... I sort of know what he can do. It's nothing, but he can occasionally have the good game. And sometimes even when he has like the eight point game, you go, what's this shit? But he will have a steal and two blocks, which still provides use. And he's got, um, you know, to counter that to what Cam Thomas does, when 
Williams has these bad scoring nights, which is very often. He's got a little bit of a base of some other stuff to help provide value. I do think Patrick Williams should be on a 12-team roster, but also if he's your worst player and you're looking to stream other guys in, do it. Who cares? Move on. Um, for the Heat, streaming-wise, Caleb Martin's the guy, and then Patrick Williams for the Bulls is the stream. I don't know why I put them there in the opposite order, but that's sometimes what happens. Minnesota and Dallas. We are expecting that Anthony Edwards is going to return. They got Jaden McDaniels back last game. So did they just put Jaden McDaniels back starting? I would expect so. He played 27 off the bench in the last game. So I don't think minutes limit's a problem. So he should go back in. But I am not convinced in the slightest that Jaden McDaniels is a 12-team league player. I think he's more of a 14-team league guy. But let's see. Can he change my mind? Or probably not. If Edwards doesn't play and McDaniels starts, does he ramp up and get more usage? Does he have scalability? That's a key thing for future valuations as well. For the Mavs, I do want to see what Tim Hardaway is providing. Tons of minutes last game. And with those absences of likely Green out, maybe Jones, likely Irving, maybe Curry, another big opportunity for big minutes for Hardaway, who really should be rostered. In terms of streams, we look at Kyle Anderson over there. Of course, um, his value isn't really impacted massively by McDaniels and Edwards. He's sort of just middle, middle to low 20s in minutes regardless. So he's an okay stream, but not a 12-team must. And for the Mavericks, it is Exum, but Jones would be an option there. Hardaway is obviously someone we pay attention to as well as a streaming option. The Brooklyn Nets and the Denver Nuggets. It is a back-to-back for Brooklyn. I am going to watch what happens with Cam Thomas, not only Wednesday, but Thursday. Do they change the role? Do they change the minutes? His shot diet's not changing, but can he do some other stuff? And how the, how they use him is probably more important here. Well, for the Nuggets, Aaron Gordon's been very disappointing. The last couple of games have been better. Let's see if he's able to continue that momentum. In terms of streams, Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal are the two guys I really do look at in Brooklyn. If Dennis Smith's available, I would be interested in him as well. And then for the Nuggets, it is probably Reggie Jackson, especially if Jamal Murray is out. But I would look at Julian Strouder if KCP is sidelined with the head injury. I don't know that he will be, but that is just another name to keep some attention on. The Jazz and the Blazers, second game of the back-to-back for Utah. They're getting Lowry and returning to action on Wednesday with a hamstring. I don't know that he sits on, on Thursday. He might, but I don't know. We'll watch that one. For the Blazers, we had Shaden Sharp as the cover guy on the thumbnail for the buy low, sell high. And someone brought up an interesting point with Shaden. Said, like, at some point we expect that Brogdon probably gets traded. Maybe Grant. I don't think that Grant gets traded, but who knows. Um, And that could open up a bunch more minutes for Shaden Sharp. And that's true. And some of what Sharp is doing at the moment is based on really high minutes. But as I detailed on that buy low, sell high, the minutes are there. His usage hasn't changed at all with guys in around. It's like 22 every game. Part of the reason that he's flying at the moment is he's hitting like 60% from two and 49% from three. And that's nothing to do with opportunities and players being traded. That's just an insane hot streak. So my sell high on Shaden Sharp was not like get a top 80 guy back. I was like, so we can get top 40 back because him getting to top 40 later in the season if those guys are traded, it's got nothing to do with them being traded. It's just going on a hot shooting streak. And that's the difference in that sell high. Like, could he be the 90th best player if they get back to full health now? Sure. And could he be top 50 if they get traded? Also sure. But he's rolling at like top 20, top 25 at the moment on the back of insane shooting. So that's where we sort of look at that. So let's see what happens. How do the minutes look? Does the usage ever spike at all? How does he How does he go? How do we look with Scoot looking better as well? In terms of streams with Jordan Clarkson out, it's Colin Sexton. Should get more minutes and shots, but we know he's unreliable. So he's an interesting guy there. While Matisse Thibel, 
probably gets squeezed somewhat if Brogdon and Aiton both play, especially if Grant plays, he will get squeezed somewhat. But he's shooting the ball really well from three, so he can give you a couple of those. And this, we know the steals and blocks from Brogdon are usually going to be a pretty impressive part of what he brings. Today's episode is also brought to you by Dave. Dave, it would have been extremely useful to have Dave if it was available here for me when you know, unexpected costs hit, like a fence collapsing on top of your car. We've been sick because you can go into Dave and they get you the extra cash. That's something they offer. It's called extra cash, TM. Dave is the banking app that is leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money that you need with no interest and then you settle up later. It gives you the extra money to buy groceries, fill your petrol tank, gas tank, Get your car repaired. Oh, there you go. There you go. Car repaired. Or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. You can even build credit when you settle up on time. So download Dave today at dave.com slash locked on NBA. That's dave.com slash locked on NBA. You could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash locked on NBA. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve and a member of the FDIC. What does FDIC stand for? Federal something, something, somethings? I'm guessing one out of four. I'm sure I could look it up, but I'm not going to do it right now. Let's go to the next game on the docket for Thursday. We're looking at the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Sacramento Kings. As always, we're watching Josh Giddy, but I also want to watch Jalen Williams because we talked about how his deflection numbers were high and it wasn't translating to steals. It's still not happening. He's still like, I don't know. I would say that he's good. He's been good, but he's also been disappointing. He sort of just said, and I, when I, I said this in the preseason about him, and I said, I think a, a not even best case, but like an acceptable case outcome for Williams in his career is probably like Rudy Gay. And a lot of people took exception to that. There are some who vehemently think he's an all-star, multiple all-star caliber player. And maybe, like Rudy Gay was probably, like he never made all-star, he was sub-all-star. He was in that discussion zone. Williams, I think has been strong. I'm not sure he can ever be a primary ball handler or a high usage player. He's an excellent player who contributes to winning in a high way. I don't know, I'm just marginally disappointed. Maybe, maybe I'm being unfair on him. But let's see, can the steals come back? Because that's a really key part of his fantasy numbers. Um, for the Kings, I do want to pay attention here to Malik Monk, how they use his minutes compared to Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter, who is obviously struggling and deserves to be nowhere near your roster for 12 teams. In terms of streamers, Lou Dort is off the injury report, so he always, 30-minute guy who can pop off, is always a stream option. And the same with Harrison Barnes. Now, Barnes's ability, the pencil, sorry, let's try again. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Hit your own soundboard. He's shithouse. But he gets 30 minutes a night. He's probably got less ability to pop off, but they don't have these excellent replacements ready to push him out of his role. So that keeps him with a relatively stable floor. The next one is a really interesting one. I am not expecting Draymond Green to be available in this game, but I don't know. We haven't heard word on that at this point. It's the Warriors and the Clippers. I want to watch Clay Thompson. He was benched down the stretch of their game yesterday. He's looked washed in most games this season. Poor shot selection, doesn't finish well at the rim anymore. The shooting numbers are down. He doesn't contribute enough in other areas. His defense isn't there. And we get it. He's old, multiple injuries. We all of this. But what I want to watch with Clay Thompson is not does his shot selection improve, not do they go in, because that can be variable game by game. It's what do they do with his minutes? Does he keep starting? Is he a guy that plays 29 instead of 33? Because that's really key. 
are the better players like Moody and Pajemski going to usurp his role? I don't think so, but they're going to do something. So we need to watch that. For the Clippers, Zubats has been like up, 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 and last game was well down. And that's part of the consistency problem with him and his role. He's not going to get 32 every single night. If he did, we'd lock him in as a top 80 guy. And he just has these nights where sometimes it just doesn't work and they just go other directions. So let's see how they utilize him. Him and Harden are developing a pretty nice chemistry though. In terms of streams, we are going to look at Dario Saric, but Kaminga's there and Pajemski's there. All excellent streams on the Golden State Warriors, again, with the assumption that Draymond Green is out. There is a chance that Paul George is out for the Clippers, so Norman Powell would probably be the guy that I'd look at. Russell Westbrook would probably get more. Part of the issue is the Westbrook-Zubats combination and how Westbrook works with Harden. It doesn't really work in this year. Um, So that's more of an issue than the Paul George absence, I think. So I'd probably rather Powell than, um, than Westbrook. In terms of the next, well, that's the game's done. We normally would do a two-for-one here, but we know that the two-for-one is just Boston. So let's look at chunks. We've got Saturday as an unstreamable day in the next five and Monday as well. So we've got Thursday, Friday, Sunday. So it's really just the end of week eight. Who are the guys we look at? The Celtics are the only team with three games. So Slam and Sammy House is there with three. You've got Dario Saric with two for the Warriors. Sohan with two for the Spurs. While it was worthwhile to drop Mo Wagner, they've got two quality games coming up Friday, Sunday. So there's a little bit of value in a, a Wagner and a Goga and a Cole Anthony towards the end of this week. Uh, Drew Eubanks with two with the Suns and then Pajemski. So obviously the Warriors. Saric, Pajemski, and John Kaminga, Moses Moody getting that little bit of a boost. But the Celtics do have the most games. They just have not great streaming options, unfortunately. For 10-team stream options, again, we cascade it down. No matter what league you're in, just start at the top here and see how we go. 10 teams, we have a 65% cutoff. We start with Dante Exum, and we go to Caleb Martin. I like Alex Caruso too, but I just don't know or can't trust that he's going to play. Pat Williams sits at 45%. You've got Al Horford, who's worth a stream if he plays, of course, and Colin Sexton. A pretty strong group of 10-team stream options there. For 12s, we go to Sharich. We go to Derek Jones if he is available. He's at 16% rostered. Kelly Olenek at 20. Um, Orlando Robinson at 18%. Kevin Love could throw in there as well. Uh, Norman Powell, especially boosted if Paul George is out. And Lou Dort at 24% can be a streamer. And then for deep leagues, we've got Pajemski. I'd probably push him into 12s as well, honestly. Slam and Sammy Hauser, Matisse Thibel, Terrence Mann, Io DeSumo, and Grant Williams. John Kaminga is a 12-team stream too. He's just roster percentage sort of put him in between these two categories. I've got to have some sort of cutoff with things. Um, but yeah, uh, Kaminga is a, a 12-team league option for us. And then lastly, we go to points leagues. 45% or fewer rostered. Dante Exum there. Um, Caleb Martin, Colin Sexton, Johnny Kaminga, old mate Pat Williams, and Dario Sharich. And that, guys, is the end of a short, sharp, daily look ahead for Thursday's action with seven games on. If you are on audio, go check out the video side of things. If you're on video, check out the audio side. If you are here on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, get the thumbs up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.